Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. I want to talk about religious complexity. I would like to give a kind of background for this topic that we are going to talk about this morning. Today, people suddenly find Christianity as a complex religion. Even though Christianity is very simple to the core, but the way it is perceived, the way it is understood, it throws the complexity that is built as part of the Christianity. When I say Christianity, it talks about the religion, it talks about the people, those who are following the religion. There are so many structures and systems built in, the, in Christianity. There are so many programs today. There are so many different kinds of beliefs, denominations, organizational hierarchy, rules and regulations are seen today in the Christian world. We talk about all the religion, all, sorry, all the, all the denominations in general, not, not only about our church or our denomination. We talk about all the denominations, Christian denominations in general. You know, at times when we talk to people, especially people, those who belong to other religion, or people do not, people, people those who belong to the nuns, you know, there is a group called nuns today, the 20% of United States, people in America, they belong to the group called nuns. They are not subscribed to any religion, they are not subscribed to any denomination. That doesn't mean that they are atheists. No, there are people, of, there are, there are, there are, there's a majority of the people, they do not serve or they do not follow any religion, but there are people, they follow religion too. So people at times when we think about, when we talk about Christianity, and present yourself as a Christian, they are, af they are afraid and they are also angry with Christians at times. There are reasons to it, because there is certainly an inherent complexity built in the system, maybe in the form of denomination, maybe in the form of you know, various, many different beliefs, even though we all follow one Bible, there are many different beliefs. And more than what is inherent to, this, to the religion as such, we as Christians, we add more complexity to it. And we make the system as a whole is so complex. You know, that's the reason there are only four to six percentage of people today, they go to any church. Only four to six percentage of people, they go to church on an average in, 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 in North America. The rest all, they don't really care about. The rest are all, they are, they are not having the mindset that we have on Sunday morning. We just want to get up and come to church and we know that the day has to be set aside. So we know about it. But then there are people outside, they don't really think about it, they don't really worry about it, they don't really care about it. The reason is, they look at Christianity as a very complex system. But you know, in the midst of all, if you look at our Lord Jesus Christ, He is not complex at all, He is very simple. The days He lived on this earth, He's still alive, but then the days He was just walking on this earth like you and me, his life was very simple, his lifestyle style was very simple and absolutely there is no complexity built in him. But then where this complexity came from? And this morning we are just going to talk about some of those. You know, Jesus' teachings were very simple, very straightforward. 
You know, he was not trying to please anybody there. He was not trying to, you know, tell things in an indirect way. But he was telling very simple things like parables, which ordinary people, the fishermen can understand. You know, at times when system is so complex, the religion becomes so complex, you know, people, those who belong to that religion, people who are followers of religion, you know, they get frustrated. You know, they, they just get exhausted at the end of the day. Oh, it's all so tough. It is very difficult for me to do anything, very difficult to, you know, come up in my spiritual life. And this morning we are here to understand you know, the kind of complexity that we see today in our lives, in, in, in the way we serve God, the way we are formed together as a system, as an organization, as a church, as a fellowship, as we try to decide to serve the Lord. Just want you to listen to this, um, you know, quote. Um, just if you can have that in the screen. <coughs> Let, let's try to read this quote. Every age has its own characteristics. Right now, we are in an age of religious complexity. The simplicity which is in Christ is rarely found among us. In its stead, our programs, methods, organizations, and a world of nervous activities which occupy time and attention but can never satisfy the longing of the heart. The shallowness of our inner experience and the hollowness of our worship and that servile or pleasing imitation of the world which marks our promotional methods all testify that we in this day know God only imperfectly and the peace of God scarcely at all. A.W. Tozer wrote this about 50-60 years ago. He was a man of God, he was a preacher and he was an author and he was a, counsel, you know, he was a great counselor, a consultant in, in, the, in, the, in the church of America. He lived 56 years ago and he wrote about the age that we are living in today. There is no doubt that our religion is very complex. It is presented as a complex system to this world. You know, that's the reason when you invite somebody to church, people are not, there are not many people, they are willing to come to church. You know, because they are so scared and so afraid, if I come and get myself attached to that system, you know, I'm so afraid that, you know, it, things may be very overwhelming at times. It's, it is true at one end. But then this morning we are trying to understand with the Christian perspective, with the word of God, help of the word of God, try to understand what the Bible teaches about the religion of Christianity. Let's take a deep dive at this moment because we cannot talk about the religious complexity in a very broad perspective. We can't talk about it because it's a very broad subject. We cannot deal with that. But I want to narrow it down straight away to what we can do about it. You know, there is certain element that you and I can play today, make things easy in our lives, make things keep going in our lives. And this morning we are talking about, going to talk about what are those things that probably we can take care. Because it is very, very important as we grow as a fellowship, it is very important that we keep working on those things, that I keep working on those things. It will make things easy for me and around me. We are just going to get into that this morning. You know, remember, as we live as a Christian, as people of God on this earth, you know, it is not that we are just living in isolation. You know, at times we, we, we think that I can just come to church, I can go back home. 
nobody knows anything about it nobody is observing me but remember we are living among people we are living in the society we are living in the community we are you know working with other colleagues they 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 may or may not belong to christianity we are living in a system you know where people are observing us someone said you know people do not get a chance to read bible all the people in this world they may not get to chance to get a chance to read the bible but they can read your life they can read your life now when you go to your workplace people will look at you as a christian with the right intention of you know getting some support getting some encouragement probably getting some prayer with you people are there with great need they always expect so much from christianity you know this morning remember that we are living among people and those eyes are always watching us and we want to talk about what others say about christians you know at times you know when you think about christianity as a religion when we present yourself as a christian as i said at times people get angry i don't know how many of you get a, get that experience you know when you present yourself as a christian people don't like people just get angry at times it's not that people belong to other religion get angry people belong to christianity get angry the reason is they are already frustrated with the religion they are already so upset with the religion when you you know invite somebody to the church oh i know about the church thing you're talking about the church thing though no, i know i know about it you know what has gone wrong what has gone wrong as i said we cannot address the whole issue of the global issue but we can address a part we can you and i can play a very significant role here as we are talking about that this morning what do others say about christians this morning i just want to listen from you know some of the individuals what you know they say about christians and christianity and this is what people say they say that christianity is self condemning christianity is self condemning christians live a life of comparison christians behave as if god owes them christians live a double life you know these are the four aspects four different aspects i want to deal with this morning as we listen to others you know that's the view they have the world has about christianity as well as christians christianity is a self condemning they are the group of people they contempt for everything they curse for everything christians live a life of comparison they always compare one with another Christians behave as if God was something to them. You know, they are so close to God. They are so attached with God. They don't care really care about anybody because they believe that God can give everything to them. Christians live a double life. They have a life in private and they have a life different life in public. You know, these are not just, you know, my thoughts. These are the words compiled you know by taking many different surveys and these are the four different areas where they find that christianity is failing today you know overall if you take in general in north america the number of church goers are coming down irrespective of all that i'm talking about the real christianity i'm not talking about all the denominations across the number of church goers are coming down you know how, that, that's another thing you know we just morning i just want to throw a little light on that how do you differentiate denominations the question the obvious question is you know where there are many different denominations what do we do with that which church i go you know there are many denominations simply because there are hundreds of truths in the word of god each denomination highlights and give relative importance to some of the truths you know that's the birth of denomination 
Baptists, they talk about baptism. Pentecostals, they talk about Holy Spirit anointing. And Salvation Army, they just talk about salvation and social work. You know, there are truths in every organization. I respect every organization. I respect every denomination. But then there is an exception to that. When the truths are taken away, when there are core basic truths, something is missing from the Ten Commandments, for example. We don't consider that as a Christian organization anymore because some of the core truths are gone. Some of the core, you know, if, you, if the organization fails in many of the truths in the Word of God, we tend to consider that as no more a Christian organization, even though they say it's a Christian organization, but they are kind of, you know, slowly they are kind of, you know, getting into a cult mode. There are cult organizations today. They believe the most part of the Word of God, but somewhere they are error because probably one of the Ten Commandments is missing. Word of God talks about idol worship. The moment you bring in idol worship, you just go away from the Christianity because you are missing the core truth. But there are other organizations, they may not, you know, teach about all the truths, but there are one truth they are teaching, couple of truths they are teaching, they are very strong in that. We need to honor those organizations. You know, we are one among them. We may, you know, give more importance to the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the flow of the Holy Spirit. That's fine. Christianity is self-condemning, number one. You know, I just want to, you know, say something this morning which will really help me and you. As I was preparing this, that was really helpful. All that we need is just an open mind, open heart to receive it this morning. Christianity is self-condemning. You know, there is a, there is a feeling among Christians, God loves me because I do something for God. Just, clear, you know, listen to me very clearly. I am loved by God because... I try to live godly. I am loved by God. God loves me so much. And I am his beloved. I am his loving daughter. I am his beloved son. Because I'm so faithful to him. Just keep listening to me. My church attendance. My Bible reading. My prayer life. My devotion to God. My service to God. The times and money and that I spent to God. Through all these things, I'm pleasing God so that God loves me more. Moment we slip away from one of those, we feel guilty. We feel guilty. Today morning I got up. I couldn't read my Bible. And when I go to work, I feel guilty. Oh, I made a mistake. Christianity is self-condemning. Self-condemning. People cannot do this. People cannot follow this. You know, one thing we need to understand, never I can pray enough to please God. Never I can meditate and read Bible to please God. Never I can give to please God. I cannot do, I cannot serve God all along my life trying to please God. God doesn't love us because of what we do. God loves us because of what Jesus did at the cross. That's the truth. God doesn't love us because of what I do. God loves us because of what 
Jesus did at the cross. If you can go and tell this to your friends, they are willing to follow. But if you tell them, see what I'm doing, see how punctual I am, how this I am, how that I am, if you try to become like me, God loves you. Moment they say, moment we say that, they say, no, I don't want the religion. You know, God loves us because of what Jesus did at the cross. That doesn't mean to say that Bible reading is not important. That doesn't mean to say that prayer life is not important. That doesn't mean to say that going to church Sunday is not important. If those things can come out of the relationship with, we have with our God, you know, that's what pleases God. If it comes out of obligation, religious obligation, then there is no way God is going to be pleased. You know, this is a truth that we need to understand. You know, God looks at our attitude. God doesn't look at what we do outside. God looks at our attitude. One day I was just, you know, discussing with a well-known evangelist or a pastor in India. I was just growing in my initial stage. I was asking him, you know, why do people perform so many things at this stage? They invite people to the stage and they lay hands and they fall and then they give glory to God. They all clap hands. Why do they do all these things? And he told me, I don't know. I don't know. And he told me one thing, brother, you are not here to criticize those things. You are not here to condemn those things or look at so bad about those things. Because God looks at their attitude of their heart. With what intention they do. That's what God expects. That's what God looks at. Nothing else. You know, that, is, that, that, that brought a change in my life. You know, it is very important with what attitude we do things for God. If we do it with the right attitude, when we are not able to do certain things, it is not, we are doing it not out of you know, religious obligation, so that, you know, we condemn ourselves. So, so I'm so bad, I couldn't do this. I'm so bad because I failed to do this. When we do it with a relationship with the Lord God, when we do it, you know, just a love relationship with the Lord God, we feel that we need to do it. And every time when we do it, God is pleased in what we do. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Bible says, There is therefore... Now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What it simply means is that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, if you, you, are, you, are, you may be failing in certain things. But scripture says very clearly, you don't have any authority to condemn yourself saying that, oh, I'm miserable. I'm just failing in everything. Or nobody else has an authority to condemn your life saying that, oh, it is too bad that why you did not do it. You know, today we come across churches condemning people. Churches even throwing curse at people. I heard about a couple of churches. I have seen those pastors. If you leave a church, people are so afraid to leave the church. If you leave the church, the pastor will put curse on you. So people are so afraid to leave the church. You know, if you don't do certain things, pastors are there to pray against. 
No, we couldn't understand those theologies. Christianity is self-condemning. But whereas the word of God says that there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. You know, we cannot, you know, condemn anybody. We cannot condemn anybody. We cannot, you know, or judge anybody for that simple matter. You know, we don't, any, none of us have any right to say anything which will put somebody down who is in Christ Jesus, who is not walking according to the flesh. But there are corrections, there are instructions in the word of God. They are all there to build us up as godly. Now, if we do things out of pressure, now it becomes a ritual in our lives. You know, Christianity is becoming a religion. It's a religion suddenly, and there are many rituals associated with it. That's the reason we say, if you want to be a Christian, just do not think about the Christianity as a religion. Christianity is a relationship between you and God. But then we are living in that religion called Christianity, and we need to talk about that. It is very important. Only our relationship with the Lord God is going to please Him. Not really what we do. Not really our rituals. If you do, for example, if you skip one Sunday morning, if you don't do Sunday morning service, I don't think God is not going to be, you know, upset about it. There are snowstorms, you know, we cancel our Sunday morning service. I don't think God is upset about it. Right? So, you know, these are a couple of things we built in, in the system and we look at ourselves solo at times. Number two, Christians live a life of comparison. You know, these are very practical reasons. These are very valid reasons why people belong to other religion are not willing to follow Lord Jesus Christ. And it is very important to talk about that because we live in a nation where people do not want to follow God because they have a totally wrong perspective about religion, wrong understanding about God. And this morning, it is very important. Let's keep, you know, make ourselves clear about these aspects. You know, there is a great pressure in the Christian world. There is a great pressure even in a small church that we need to grow. We need to grow in every aspect. You know, we want to grow spiritually. You know, in our churches, we encourage you to grow spiritually. I'm not talking about really talking about, you know, this church. I'm talking in general. You know, there is a great pressure. If somebody is given a gift of God, if someone can prophesy, you know, there is, a, there, is a, there is a tension in the church that everybody, others want to do it. But then it is very important that everybody do it, but then it has to be done with the, in a, in a, in a, with the right attitude. That's what we are talking about this morning. There is a great pressure to grow spiritually as well as materially. You know, if someone is blessed, then there is a great tension in somebody else. You know, I want to go to that level. It is, a, it is good as long as we try to do it as a motivation point of view. Yes, he got that promotion. Now I need to work hard. I need to get that promotion. He got that blessing. She got that blessing. Now I need to work hard towards it. But you know, when we start comparing, the first thing that happens in our lives, when we compare ourselves with others, we become dull. When we are not really doing well, sometimes, you know, spiritually, I don't really do well at some point of time because of so many things happening in my life. Now when I look at somebody else, maybe she's praying very much. She's able to stand, she's on fire for God. Now if I look at her, I look at him, you know, there are times I get discouraged. 
And I start condemning myself saying that, Lord, why it is not happening in my life? You're talking about Christians live a life of comparison. And the same way when I do better, you know, I look at others so low. And it's all happening in the spiritual world. We cannot deny it. It's all happening. It's all happening. It's happening in my life. It's happening in your life. In the material world, when somebody is blessed, you know, we tend to compare. You know, we try to imitate others. You know, especially people who are serving God, they try to imitate others at times. At times we become so judgmental. You know, we associate, we attach, we strings to it and we say that, oh, this blessing is not happening or happening in her life or in his life, maybe because of this thing. Maybe because of this issue in her life. Maybe she's not giving to God. Maybe she's not coming to church. We become judgmental. We're talking about Christians living a life of comparison. We become always fault-finding. Looking for opportunities to react back. Pastors at the church, you know, keep their glasses so low and keep looking who has come today and who has not come today. And last week, she was not here. Last week, she said it's work. And this week, she's again missing. I don't think she has worked. Probably she would have gone to some other church. You know, we get into a mode of comparison. What for? Nothing. It's all going to speak bad about us. Let's read some scriptures. Romans 2, 1. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. You know, this morning the sermon may not be so uplifting, I'm sure. But I'm sure it will be really useful. You know, as we you know, allow that to flow in our thought process. Romans 2, 1. Therefore, you are an inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. Paul is putting it in a very plain way. That's why we say when you point one finger to others, there are three fingers pointing you. You know, many times I forget that. Many times all of us forget that. But the word of God is saying, you condemn somebody for certain things and you yourself practice the same thing. You know, that's why it becomes very important. It's very difficult to teach anybody something which we don't practice. Matthew, let's go to Matthew and see what Jesus says. Matthew 7, 3 to 5. Scripture says, Matthew 7, 3 to 5. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? You know, a speck is a dot. Speck is something which is very minute, very sim small. Scripture says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? You know, we have a wooden plank in our own eye, you know, just as big as this. You know, this is what is in my eye. And this is in my eye, and with this, there's a small dust in my brother's eye. I'm trying to find out that, you know what? You don't do this. Whereas my eyes are just like this. That's what scripture says. Verse 4, or how can you say to your brother, 
let me remove the speck from your eye and look a plank is in your own eye jesus said this words and he calls us hypocrite hypocrite first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye you know that's the reason you know scripture it's it's very 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 important that we just stop instructing teaching at the scriptural level but when we you know try to you know find fault when with my our brethren then it it hits us back christianity is assumed as a life of comparison now i just want to you know understand the whole thing in the perspective of somebody walking into the church who is not a christian who is just loving who is just longing for someone to love him someone to take care of him someone to say him a you know kind word someone to you know just understand the problem that he is going through in his life when he walks into the church when we walks into the christian setup i'm not talking about the church as such but i'm talking about the christianity as a whole and when if they can find these kind of things within that christianity how difficult for some of our brethren who do not have church yet and this morning it is very important let's not add to those complexity which are already assumed already seen in the air today number 3 christians behave as if god owes them christians behave as if god owes them you know some sometimes we tend to believe not some people even ourselves we tend to believe we become righteous by our works <coughs> you know we abstain from certain things of this world probably you know somebody says that i am not going to you know eat non vegetarian for a couple of time i'm not going to eat meat for a long time i'm keeping myself away from consuming sugar anything you know with sugar i'm just keeping myself away there may be so many commitments we make and we just say that you know we keep all these things and somebody says that okay i will not commit this sin anymore you know we make lot of you know covenants within ourselves and by doing all these things it's all important but one thing we need to remember by doing all these things we never become righteous we never become sin free keeping ourselves away will not make us sin free because word of god says we are conceived in sin as long as we live in our in this earth our body is sinful in nature you know once believers think that we become righteous by our works when we get into the thinking then we start thinking that god owes us something because the moment we think that the righteousness is gained by our hard effort you know i am working towards it brother i am just trying to you know do all these things so that you know, i can become godly yes you need to do it but never we try to do think that because i am doing all these things now god has to bless me there is no other option that's what the world looks at the christians and say that they think that god owes something to them you know at times when things are not happening when thing, bad things are happening in our lives we question god lord i followed you lord you know the same way disciples asked jesus christ lord we left everything lord we left the fishing net we left our families we left everything and we were following you 
what do you give what are you going to give for us you know christians get into that mode because when we try to think that when we think that righteousness is earned by our works which bible says it is not we tend to think that we god owes something to us but the danger is when bad things are happening we tend to question god the simple reason why bad things are happening to a child of god is because we are still living in the fallen world we are still living in a fallen world bad things can happen let's read romans chapter 3 verses 10 to 12 romans chapter 3 verse 10 to 12 as it is written there is none righteous scripture is very clear you can be a christian you can be a muslim or you can be a hindu word of god says there is none righteous not even single one nobody is righteous no no not one there is none who understands there is none who seeks after god they have all turned aside they have together become unprofitable there is none who does good no not one not even one is doing good scripture is talking about you and me you know when i'm not i'm i'm not capable of doing good in my life how do i compare with somebody who is not coming to church somebody who is not belong to this religion the god is looking at everybody in the same way so there is nothing righteous we can do to earn god's favor because scripture is very clearly says where our righteousness comes from let's turn to galatians chapter 2 verse 16 galatians 2:16 here scripture says very clearly we are not justified by our work instead we are justified by our faith in lord jesus christ let's read that knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by faith in jesus christ even we have believed in christ jesus that we might be justified by faith in christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified we can never become righteous we can never found worthy in front of god by our works now we need to think you know at times i judge people by looking at their work looking at the way they speak looking at the way they move looking at the way they behave and how can we judge somebody by looking at you know their work because scripture says our work is a filthy rag that's not going to give any righteousness add any righteousness titus 3 5 paul writes here in titus 3 5 not by works of righteousness which we have done but by according to his mercy he saved us you know today we need to as christians as children of god we need to get an understanding in the word of god word of god tells us we become righteous because of his mercy because of his grace there is nothing good i can do about it there is nothing i can earn i can i can do to earn that righteousness in my life but the more you know to find hide yourself in the grace and mercy of god you become more righteous you know when we go and stand in front of god god is almighty god is you know holy god when i go and stand in front of god if god looks at me directly probably i am consumed in that moment because with a sinful nature i cannot even look at god god cannot even look at me but god when he looks at me he looks at me through the work that jesus did at the cross through the blood that is shed at the cross when he looks at me through the blood that was shed at the cross he finds me righteous 
Because I am crying out for his mercy. The more you cry out for his mercy, the more you are covered by the blood of the Lamb. The more mercy we get, the more righteousness, righteous we become. Our righteousness comes from the precious work that Jesus did at the cross. Everything becomes waste, what we do. Only one thing remains, that is the work at the cross. That Jesus gave his life at the cross. God doesn't worse anything. Because he has already gave everything for us. You know, he doesn't really owe us anything. If, at times, if we become angry with God, and there is no point in getting angry with God, because God doesn't owe you anything. God cannot bless you according to what you do, because already he has given you the blessing. It is up to you to hide yourself under the mercy and grace of God and receive the blessing of God. There is nothing we can do to become righteous. Number four, Christians live a double life. People outside, they look at us and they say, that you guys, you go to church, when you go to church, you are different. You know, that's the reason I discourage when you come to church, you want to be just be as you are in the world. I no more believe those things. I no more believe those things, you know, those people, they put a different look when you come to church. When you come to church, you say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you say that in the world? You don't say that in the world. Then why we need to have a double act when you come to church? There are time to praise God, we praise God. And there are time to you know, deal with people. Let's deal with people the way we deal with people at the work. You know, people cannot handle it. The people of this world, they look at us. They are kind of, you know, people, they are just crazy. They are just out of their mind. Religion really takes off our eyes and puts our eyes upon us and upon others. It really takes our eyes away from Jesus. That's what religion does. We're talking about Christians, Christianity, not being very well understood by people around us. The fourth reason is, religion, Christian religion, takes our eyes from Jesus and it puts our eyes upon ourselves and upon others. You know, that's the simple reason pride gets into our lives. When pride gets into our lives, our faults will be hidden. We don't really, really know about our defects, our faults. We always tend to look at others and we don't want to admit our faults. And we always look at others. The reason is, our eyes are moved away from Lord Jesus Christ. We start looking at people. It's happening in Christianity. You know, at times we try to match or we try to, you know, maintain our spiritual lives. We want to grow in the Lord. We want to be spirit-filled. At the same time, we also try to maintain our social status with people. But then they do not match. They do not really match. Because the reason why it doesn't match, we try to go to church and we try to go to the world but they really do not match with the condition of our heart. And God is telling us, as children of God, we cannot have double life. We cannot have double life. You know, when the life is noticed by non-Christians, they hate Christianity just simply because we don't do what we say. We don't say what we do at times. You know, this, is, this morning, it, it is, it's very important for us to think about. 
you know we are in a situation where we need to maintain our spiritual status status with the lord we need to maintain our social status with the world when we have all this in our hands we as children of god we struggle because our heart condition of our heart is in line with what we do what we speak you know i believe this is not the life that god has planned for us let's read some scriptures that will make this little more clear james chapter 5 verse 16 scripture says confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed you know scripture is asking us to share our love with ourselves and with people outside this world you know sometime people when we invite somebody to the church you know they would have spoken so many things against christianity against our church at times we carry that in my in our mind oh this person he spoke like this he doesn't like us he doesn't like us anymore you know we carry that in my mind i i do carry when i look at that person you know that's what comes first fresh in my mind i'm i'm sure it's the same with you too what here scripture says confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another and i'm just thinking in a in the life or thinking a church era where people are willing to go out and meet people and reconcile those things those hatred with others there is so much of hatred building in christianity simple reason is christians are persecuted there is so much of hatred building in within christianity you know i do not know with all this hatred when we go and stand in front of god i'm not sure how god is going to judge us it is very important us to listen to what james says confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed psalm 32 verse 3 to 5 scripture says beautiful scriptures psalm 32 verses 3 to 5 when i kept silent my bones grow old through my groaning all the day long for day and night your hand was heavy upon me my vitality was turned into the drought of summer I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgive the iniquity of my sin you know how beautiful our life will be if we can confess our sins to one with one another and with the Lord God it's very very important confession of sin is a good thing in a way but not to a man but to god we need to confess to man if we have something against a man we need to confess that to another but we cannot confess our sins to some other man that's not biblical confession is important but it is good to have that now when we come for a certain prayer meeting it is good to have a time of confession because god says very clearly if you have sin iniquity in your heart i cannot listen to you i cannot hear you we are talking about this morning the complexity that christianity has number four complexity complexity christians live a life that's double life and this morning god is warning us god is instructing us that we need to think about and set things right but being talked about all this jesus is not complex jesus is very simple you know jesus is very simple his teachings are really simple but they are very difficult to follow you know that's where we struggle i struggle 
His teachings are very simple teachings, but they are very difficult to follow. We need to follow that with the right attitude. We need to follow that with the right perspective, with the right mindset. We need to follow. Then we'll be able to follow. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Jesus says, come to me. Listen to these scriptures carefully. Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What Jesus is trying to tell here. Jesus is standing in the midst of religion. Religion at the time when Jesus was living. And today you and I are standing in the same point, same position today. Surrounded us with religion called Christianity. But in the midst of all that we go through, we try to do, and we try to bring a system, bring an organization, bring a setup, and try to do everything. The word of God is telling us, let's not take our eyes away from Jesus. It's all important, all that we try to do. But let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And this is what he's saying, come to me, all you labor and heavy laden. At times we become tired of religion. At times we become tired of following Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning he's telling you, you come to me, I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you. You know, there is a certain amount of heaviness. There is a certain amount of commitment. There is a certain amount of sacrifice in following Lord. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. If I'm not teaching anything that Jesus has not spoken, do not learn from me. That's as simple as that. Listen to some preacher in the, maybe in the online or in the television. <coughs> Sorry. If he's sharing something which is not by, spoken by Lord Jesus, do not listen to that. Learn from me and I will give you rest. <coughs> Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lovely in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. There is a burden. There is a commitment with which we work. There is a commitment with which you live. And that commitment is between you and your God. There is a burden, but that burden is light. That burden cannot be so heavy upon you. If religion or the system is bringing that burden so heavy upon our lives, probably it is time to really think about it. And this morning, the sermon appears to be so heavy on you, but the core of it is to fix our eyes upon Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, when we do this, when we follow Lord Jesus, when we make things easy around us, when we know that, you know, we are not becoming righteous because of our work, but we are becoming righteous because of the work that Jesus performed at the cross. And we come to an understanding knowing that I have a big plank in my eyes, but I'm trying to find out a speck in my brother's eye. You know, these all become reality in our lives. How easy and how simple it will be. You know, just put our hands around somebody who is not a believer. Just to put our hands around somebody who is still a drug addict. Just put our hands around somebody who is speaking against religion, against you. How easy it becomes to put somebody who is still living in prostitution and consider them. And consider them and love them. Because Jesus said, is following Jesus is not at all difficult. 
it is easy. And this morning, just want you to not take these thoughts and think about it. And we need to apply this in our lives. Let's close our eyes. As I said, none of us can become righteous by our work. Our righteousness is from Lord Jesus Christ. Because 2,000 years ago, He came down to this world and He gave us life. And this morning, when you know the love of Lord Jesus upon your life, when you are ready to call his name, whenever you are going through difficult moment, difficult time, you will find him because he loves everyone equal. It doesn't make God to love me more because I serve God. It doesn't make God to hate somebody because they do not come to church. It doesn't make God to really hate someone who is persecuting Christianity. No, God doesn't hate anybody. God loves everybody because He doesn't love them based on what they do. He loves everybody because Jesus gave His life even for a sinner like all of us and like people who are living in this world. This morning, shall we get into that understanding? Get into that grip with the Word of God this morning. That will help us to fine-tune our lives. That will help us to, to, to remove the sharp edges in our lives. That will encourage us to go out and love somebody, even though he is not Christian. And this morning, God expects that heart in all of us. In all of us. It is important that we not judge our brethren. It is very important. This morning, shall we just ask grace to God? Lord, that's what I need, Lord. This is the life, Lord, I'm longing to live. Easy life. Not just so heavy burden. Just an easy life. Just a happy life. Because the life that you have given to us is to rejoice in you, Lord. This morning, give me grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God loves you. This morning, just want to give you a chance if God is speaking to you this morning, that He loves you. Just give your heart to Lord Jesus Christ and tell Him, Lord Jesus, I need you, Lord. Come into my heart, Lord. Just make the simple prayer this morning, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I understand your teaching. I, your teachings are awesome. I want to follow you, Lord. I want to follow you, maybe silently. Maybe, Lord, very closely. I want to follow you, Lord. At times I look at people. I look at individuals and I get discouraged. I look at religion and I get discouraged. But this morning, help me to fix my eyes upon you. Only on you. Can you just make this prayer, whichever is appropriate to you this morning? I don't want to send you without you making that prayer this morning. 
just want all of you to just make that prayer because Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We don't need to be oppressed by religion. We don't need to be oppressed by church. We don't need to be oppressed by the rules and regulations of the church. This morning, I just want you to you know, know that Jesus has called you to walk in the freedom that Jesus has offered to you. This morning, I just want every one of you to just pray to God. Just ask Him, Lord, I want to just walk in that freedom, Lord. I want to be a blessing for somebody, Lord. I don't want to be a stumbling block for somebody. The moment they look at me, they don't, they don't let them look at me as an ordinary human being like them. Then they will be able to relate me with others, Lord. Then they will come to the love of Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, give that humbleness. Give that lowliness, Lord, to me. Can we just make that prayer? this morning. Whatever the Lord God is putting in your mind, just pray to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God may strengthen you. If you have never got received this precious Lord Jesus Christ in your life yet, just go ahead and pray to Him. He is answering. He is listening your prayer this morning. And tell Him, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, Lord. Come into my heart, Lord. I want to walk with you. I want to know more about you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This morning, if we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, if we decide to set our eyes upon Lord Jesus Christ, He will bless us because, because we are seeking, we are longing for the mercy and favor of God. We are not trying to do things by ourselves, but instead we are crying out God's mercy. Lord, I need your strength. I cannot do anything without you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just speak to Him. Just cry out for help this morning. Precious Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your presence, Lord, confirming your word this morning to each and every one of us, oh Father God. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God. We ask you that you would continue to speak to us, oh Father God. Lord, put us in the right track, Lord. Set us in the right course, Lord God. There are miles that we need to run, Lord. There are times that we need to stand outside, Lord, in front of others, oh God. Lord God, they just want to see not us, not me, but they want to see Jesus living in me, Lord God. This morning, help our children, Lord. Help all of us, Lord to set our eyes upon you. Lord, to run towards you, Lord God. Help us not to deviate, Lord. Not to take our eyes and put on ourselves and put on somebody else's life, oh Father God. This morning, give me that grace. Give me that grace. Father, we just give all of us, Lord, as one family in your mighty hands, oh God. Those who are here and those who are listening to me online. This morning, Father, we just pray for Lord God, those who are going to listen to this sermon in the future. Father, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of them, oh God. Lord, we ask you, Lord God, you we want you to Lord make us right we want you to Lord correct us oh God and instruct us oh God thank you for the instructions that you have given to us this morning continue to speak to us Lord encourage us oh Father God we want to live for you we give you glory send us with your peace in Jesus name Amen Hope you are blessed by this teaching please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org God bless you